Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, my patron peeps. Uh, hey, patrons, I'm feeling a little humid uh, because it's, there's a rare humidity streak here in the Bay Area. Or it could be the hot air coming out of my mouth. Uh, thanks, patrons. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's the thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, you know, th- things, whatever's keeping you awake. You know, it could be stuff you're thinking about, right? Like I said, those are thoughts. Uh, it could be, uh, phys- you know, something physical you're feeling. Or a combination of the two, or it could be all three. It could be it could be emotion, like a emotional, like feelings. I guess there's physical sensations, there's feelings, there's thoughts, and it's a lot of times they're all interrelated. Uh, but whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to keep you company and take your mind off of that. What I'm going to do is send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use a lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. Uh, the, the smoothing and the padding and the rubbing down of a safe place and padding it. I'm, I'm saying, what's, hey, uh, back that truck up. We need some more padding in here. In fact, I've been going, I mean, this is imaginary, but I've been going on a, a coast-to-coast, pole-to-pole. Uh, 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 you, you know, I've been to the Tropic of Cancer and Capricorn, and, oh, boy, circling the equator and all points in between. Uh, uh, in search of uh, more padding. I say, tell me about the foam you have there. Oh, boy. You say, uh, how much How much to buy? Uh, well, you know, tell, tell me about this, you know, sponges. Maybe we'll come back to this because it feels uh, rich. If you're new, welcome. I'm glad you're here. This is a podcast going to take your mind off of stuff while you fall asleep to keep you company. It's a bit inane, um, I believe, and you might even add an S in there. Some people do uh, uh, when they listen. But if you're new, here's a couple things. Like, uh, give the show a few tries, and that's not no pressure from my end. Uh, you can give it one try if you don't think it works, or you could give it a few. Uh, I, I want to help you fall asleep, uh, but this doesn't work for everybody. But most people that it does work for, uh, hundreds of thousands of regular listeners, almost to a T, so 90%. So... Like they say, it took three, two or three tries uh, to get used to it. Uh, and then I said, oh, okay, it, it, it's a bit of nonsense. So when you're first listening, your instinct might be to try to figure it out or to pay attention. And you can, but I tend to jump around and go on tangents and wonder, you know, about bulk foam and, and sponges and things like that. Uh, and, oh, okay, we'll open, sell, and close sell. That'll be good. And so what we'll do, oh, oh, so if you're new, yeah, give it a few tries, but don't try, like, kind of look at the show like you'd look at a, a water flowing by slowly or listening to the sounds of birds or a fountain. You say, hey, it's not that bad. I don't know what the birds are saying. That's what most listeners say at breakfast. They say, hey, sweet, sweetums, yeah, snookums. Uh, what was you so that uh, the scoots uh, your pod buddy was uh, rambling last night? Was he talking about uh, was he calling uh, dragonflies uh, uh, like uh, 
but Fly Buddies or something? Oh, no, honey. I think he was talking about that 80s show Bosom Buddies. Uh, but I don't know. I, I fell right asleep, kind of, with a, something close to a smile on my face. While you were melodiously snoring next to me, sweetums. Oh, thanks, Nookums. Uh, do you want, you know, oh, I hope you have a great day and we go out there in the world and flourish. Uh, create the community we want to be or see. Okay, Snookums. Oh, by the way, uh, uh, checkout's at 11 a.m. Oh, thanks. Thanks for my breakfast. Here's your tip. Uh, so, anyway, sorry, but that was even a tangent uh, within a tangent. Oh, but if you're new, uh, yeah, okay. Oh, I think I kind of explained that the show doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, structurally, what to expect. We start off, you probably heard it, with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the podcast free and of the highest quality for the podcast it is, and we keep it going. So thank you when you're handed to the fridge tomorrow. Regular listeners will remember that. If you're new, not important. Then we have an intro, which we're probably about five minutes into. Intros are around 12 minutes of me explaining what the podcast is. It's 700 plus times. Uh, haven't settled on a certain way that, that works. You say, well, it's a meandering show within a show. A bit like a monologue, uh, heavy on log, ideally to make you sawing logs. And yeah, it's not very efficient, but it actually, in a weird way, it is efficient because some people use it as they wind down, get ready for bed, get into bed, get their pets or get their pillows settled and their, you know, stuffed animal buddies, plush, as some people call it. You know, some people are getting, you know, maybe brush your hair, bombing, oiling, moisturizing, spritzing, you know, poofing, whatever you're doing, uh, as they wind down, that's like a lot of listeners. Some listeners, a few listeners skip the intro. Some people uh, fall asleep during the intro. And actually, the more and more people I hear from, they say, well, I listen to the intro at bedtime and during the day when I need a little break. I need a little relief. Uh, I say, you know, Scooch, just like Calgon, take me away. So this are, and there's no right or wrong way to listen to the show. I mean, I mean, it's a podcast that comes out twice, Sundays and Wednesdays. Uh, and that's the structure. Oh, no, that's part of the structure. That's the beginning. Then we'll have, uh, we'll be covering Doctor Who. In a way, I'll be doing a recap, but it'll be kind of like, uh, have, you know, heavy on the nightcap if I can keep using these sleepy puns tonight. And I'll say, hmm, what is, uh, you know, what is, uh, what is you know, what, what kind of screwdrivers did, would Doctor Hugh, Doctor Hugh, was it ever, was, did Doctor Who ever have a friend, Doctor Hugh? Uh, H-U-E or H-U-G-H. Uh, what does Hugh think of Dr. Who? Who, Hugh, uh, said the boo. That was a famous, uh, that was, there was actually Dr. Seuss, uh, Dr. Who, uh, it was almost created in my mind. It was never actually uh, like a crossover series, but, uh, the doctor and the doctor, I called it. But then what happened was, as a prop, when I was going to imaginarily do this and pitch BBC, I got one of those uh, rubber mallets or whatever, and then I just kept uh, saying, Doctor Who, check check our patients' knee, knee reactions. And then I'd imagine the doctor, like one doctor doing a little rubber hammer to see if my knee would jump, which it did. And then the other doctor kind of doing the, the sonic screwdriver so that would be about our coverage of Doctor Who. You'll recognize it. Uh, maybe it'll reawaken your love of the Doctor 
and Rose and Mickey. Or maybe it'll say you'll say, well, I'd have to check that out. I haven't checked it out yet. Sounds pretty uh, dreamlike. And I would say, oh boy, is this Doctor Dream? Is Rose's dream? Make look at the look at this. It's perfectly comfortable saying this. Rose is dreamy. Mickey's dreamy. Doctor's dreamy. Uh, and and the plot lines are usually pretty dreamy. No, no steamy though. You say, well, I'm not into steam scoots. I'd like I prefer my steam. You know, in in my you know wherever my shower. And they, like uh, it's well, they you know they call it dancing and Doctor Who or. Uh, kissing, so don't worry. You know, you could check it. I'm sure there's tons of good fanfic out there, so you could just, ch- you know, check that out after do- The Doctor After Dark. Uh, the Doctor and The Doctor After Dark. I didn't even write that. Like, uh, the Doctor who, or the Doctor Seuss fan in my brain said, no, Scoots, no, don't even say it again, di- The Doctor and The Doctor After Dark. And they said they were just looking at the stars. That was it, uh, and saying, you know, look at the hue of those stars, who? Hue? No, who? Hue. <laughs> okay, so it's the structure show. So that might give you a good idea that it took me about five minutes just to explain the structure of the show. And then we end with some thank yous. Between the intro and the story, TV recap is some business, too. And that's it structurally. As far as listening, you don't need to listen. This is one of the few podcasts you can listen. Uh, you can listen close if you can't sleep. Believe me, I'm going to be here to keep you company. That's one of my main goals is for those sliver of people that are stuck or you wake up lonely. I'm here to keep you keep talking. I'm here to keep you company. Uh, but you also don't have to, that also creates this compact where I'll be here so you don't need to listen to me. And maybe that'll help you rest. You say, well, Scoots is going to be here talking whether I'm listening or not. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting. I say, yeah, you got it. Uh, you know, I, this is what I do. So there's no pressure to listen. There's no pressure to fall asleep. That's also why I'm here about an hour. And there's three, 299 other shows waiting to go in the feed. Is you fall asleep at your leisure. It might be during the intro. You know, you might need a couple episodes. Maybe, you know, maybe you're out of town or something on the road. You got some tests tomorrow. I'm here. Okay? I'm here to help. I've been there. Believe me. And it's my honor to help. And like I said, as I've, you know, started to travel the world within my mind, uh, I was researching. And I said, well, what if we, can we get this safe place uh, that I'm trying to create? Well, wood pad, more padding, uh, and padding, like once I get P-A-D-D-I-N-G, then it involves more padding, P-A-T-T-I-N-G, because they said, well, I got to, you can't have P-A-D-D-I-N-G without saying, okay, let me pat it down. Let me smooth it and pat it too and rub it down and say safe place, just like BBD would or BBDV, you know, just like that or Motown Philly. Anyway, uh so, yeah, I said, okay, what about sponges? And I said, well, okay, how do you get these sponges? Do you, have these sponges lived a full life? Because I know they're not. And they say, uh, of course they have, Scoots. And I say, hey, Sponge Baron, are your fingers crossed? Because I could just go, I don't need, you know. And then I said, then I, then I went totally off topic. I dove in the water. I tried to tell, to talk to the sponges and sing them a song and say, and then I said, okay, maybe go back to the phone. So then I traveled, but you know, down around the, uh, one of those tropics. 
And then I then I just lied in the sand for a while and enjoyed that and put my feet in the water. And he said, this is pretty good for this situation, but not helping padding in a safe place because no sand. Uh, can't have sand in a safe place. Well, you know, unless you, you know, we could separately create that for you and individualize to safe place, not a generalized one. And then I said, okay, let's go back. Should we get, should we get the foam like that's all uh, chopped up? Uh, should we have some of that? What about a closed cell versus open cell? Gray cell, green. I said, that goes in and out of my head. And I sing that. And then I say, okay. I said, what is the best? What is a natural color foam? And then I thought about foam parties, which were popular. Maybe, I don't know, at dance clubs at some point in history. I never went to one. And I thought about scented foam. And I said, oh, you know what foam works best for patting and smoothing and rubbing it down? Just imagine it, the most comfortable foam you can imagine. Just right, uh, as our friend Goldilocks once said, this one is just right. Scoots has smoothed it, he's patted it, he's rubbed it down. He's either cooled it or warmed it, and he's welcomed me in. He says, hey, you came skeptical. Maybe you'll leave this time skeptical. Give it a few tries to see if it works for you. You know, try a couple bowls of uh, oatmeal or whatever it was, porridge. Try a couple, you know, you know try, to, try to leave it as you left it and, you know, put them in the sink uh, at GL or whatever. But uh, other than that, you know, come check it out. Uh, see if it works. Uh, I'd like to help. And that's it. I'm really appreciative of your time. I'm glad you're here. I work very hard, and I yearn, and I strive to help you fall asleep. Thank you so much for coming by. And here's a few ways we keep the show going. All right, so we're talking uh, episode five, uh, whatever, series two, episode five, of The Girls in the Fireplace, 11th Doctor, I believe. You say, Scoots, you've been doing it. I say, yeah, I believe. Uh, the Girl in the Fireplace. And immediately maybe think a girl with a pearl earring. And there's a masquerade party that people are playing uh, some sort of chase game, like a chase chase somebody at the mat, chase the masquerade, which is a fun, friendly game. Uh, then our hostess, I believe, she sees a broken clock, uh, like a broken phone. Is that what I put? The clock is broken. Oh yeah, it's broken like a phone, like a like shattered, you know, like the face of a phone you dropped. Uh, a dude in a red velvet, rich, a red, rich guy in red velvet. That's one thing I noticed. A red velvet suit, uh, a red velvet suit. And Nanette was originally who I thought this was. Turns out it's a Nanette. Uh, and she talks into the fireplace. Uh, she says, don't worry, uh, the, the man's coming. Uh, uh, he's coming. He's on his way. He's always watched out for me, and tonight he'll be there. And he says, who? What man? She goes, the only man other than you I've ever loved, sweetie, sweet sweet red velvet rich guy. Turns out it's a king. But uh, she says, no, no, don't look at me like that. Uh, she, he goes, go to, she goes, go to your queen. And then she goes, doctor, doctor, can you hear me? Uh, he, she almost says, Annie, Annie, can you hear me? But she says, doctor, doctor, can you hear me? Except that's Annie, are you okay, Annie? And uh, the clock's, you know, not working. It's time. 
then we see the TARDIS. It's a uh, spaceship. Let's see, what am I saying? 3,000 years later, I, uh, TARDIS, uh, TARDIS snarl, ship rotating, TARDIS sound. Uh, the ship that we see, it looks like a bunch of vents on a rod. Uh, I think the doctor says dark like Mickey's mind. Is that what he really says? Uh, let's see. Nothing here. Uh, brilliant. Again, uh, my, my first uh, spaceship. Uh, Rose goes, it's abandoned. Uh, doctor goes, yeah, nothing here. We'll just do a quick scan just in case. Uh, what's the date? A thousand years into the future. Oh, no, 3,000, give or take. Uh, 51st century, Digmar cluster, a long way from home, two and a half galaxies, Mickey. Mickey meet the universe. It's so realistic, he says. Uh, Dexter says, some cowboys were doing repair work in here. Warp engines are ready to go, full capacity. Enough power to punch a hole in the universe. Uh... And they go, but nobody's on here. Rose is like, what are they, out for a smoke? And the doctor goes, no, I've checked all the smoking pods. And then Mickey says, I smell Sunday roast. Rose is also wearing a Wichita Falls T-shirt. Yeah, then we see an 18th century fireplace and mantle in a room. Uh, yeah, the doctor goes, that's something you don't see every day. Not even a hologram. This thing's legit. Uh, and you could see, Rose is like, uh, you could see something on the other side. But Rose goes, that's on the hull of the ship. And there's a young girl there, a double-sided real fireplace. And then that is who I thought it was at first. Uh, he says, where are you at? She goes, Paris, of course. Uh, and uh, doctor goes, don't worry, this is just a routine fireplace check. Nothing to be concerned about. What year? She goes, 1727. What does this say? Cities is this is, is insiders? Uh, let's see. She says seventeen twenty-seven doctors, great year, except for August. Uh, stay inside. Enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, oh yeah, stay indoors, okay. And then Mickey goes, What's the fifty-first century? And the doctor goes, Yeah, some sort of spatial tempo temp, temporal hyper hyperlink. Uh and Mickey goes, what's that? And Doctor goes, well, it's a made-up word for magic door. Uh, Rose goes to France in 1727. Uh, then Doctor rotates. We see Nanette again, whose real name is Renette. Uh, she's four years older. Walls and walls window. Oh, Doctor walks around and looks out the window. Snow in Paris. Uh, a horse calls. Uh, you see the doctor lights some candles in her room. She has a hobby horse in her room. Uh, there's a clock ticking. Doctor talks about resonance, uh, loose connection. Uh, they talk about the clock. There's, clock. there's ticking, but there's no clock. And then we see, uh, we, we learn that there's a clockwork person as the doctor watches over a clockwork robot. Yeah, I just saw the house with a clock in its walls, uh, so that was timely. Doctor, this is like way out. It should be out on video now. I mean, streaming and DVD. Uh, doctor looks under Renette's bed, uh, uh, gives a spritz of water to some plants with his sonic screwdriver. He, oh, he meets the clockwork robot. He goes, what are you scanning her? He goes, yeah, not yet. Yeah, you're incomplete. Uh Drivel, does that doctor? Sends it back, uh, ices it. 
Oh, they had a little dual, 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 Mickey's wearing a Nintendo's Roots shirt, I think. And the doctor says, this is some space age clockwork we're dealing with. Some sort of short range teleports going on here. Oh, because the clockwork thing teleports out. The doctor says, don't go look for it. Give me a second. But he heads back, right back to France. And uh, Rose has a forum thing. Rose has a forum thing. It looks like a carburetor. Oh, foam thing. A thing that like, like, uh, looks like a carburetor. And her and Mickey rush off. I still thought it was a Nanette at this point uh, when I was taking notes. Uh, checking. Uh, he says, I'm back to check on your room again. There's a birdcage in her room, a harp. Uh, Oh, she comes in. Doctor says, oh, hello. I was looking for uh, Renette, uh, and she has a knowing smile. Uh, but uh, she's now uh, uh, not a child anymore, and uh, she's uh, uh, she's very regal, I would say. And uh, she touches the doctor's face. She goes, she goes you know, she's not normal that you have an imaginary friend uh uh, that goes beyond childhood. She goes, you're to be congratulated on your persistence. And the doctor goes, goodness, Renette, how you've grown. And she says, reason tells me something. Yeah, Cause she goes, oh, you haven't aged a single day. It's imp- impolite of you. Uh, yeah. Reason says it shouldn't just be appearing in and out of my fireplace. Uh, and uh, they have like a really big kiss. Uh, oh, she goes, yeah, you're human. And she she goes, uh, yeah, we've known each other for so long. Uh, oh, reason tells me you can't. You're not real. And he goes, oh, don't ever listen to reason. Meanwhile, someone's yelling for her to hurry up. Uh, and then yeah, then they kiss like uh, like hubba hubba hubba. And uh, then this, uh, somebody says, Mademoiselle Poisson. And she runs out. And then Doctor realizes, no, Runette Poisson. Uh, Madame Etoile, uh, Louis, mistress of Louis XV, uh, uncrowned Queen of France, actress, artist, musician, dancer, courtesan, gardener. And he says, I just snagged Madame de Pompadour. Which I always thought that meant something else, but it just means kiss because they used it on Harry Potter recently when I was watching Harry Potter. And they're just talking about kissing. Uh, Louis XV, uh, doctor cannot behave uh, or believe it. He can't believe it, Madame de Pompadour. Uh, doctor re- re- returns, not happy. Mickey and Rose are gone. Doctor runs into a horse on a spaceship. Uh, Mickey finds a, an, an eye-sized camera. Rose finds, she says, this ship really has heart. Uh, I can tell you, Mickey, this ship has heart. Doctor looks around with his horse. Uh, his hands are in his pockets. Uh, he opens doors to a cowboy side. Doctor preeps parasols. Uh, oh, he opens doors. It goes to the countryside. And the doctor's spying on Renette and her friend in parasols. And they're talking about what seems to be the king. She says, uh, uh, oh, Catherine, you're, you're, you're uh, up to no good. And she goes, well, uh, 
What about Madame Chatura? And they have a laugh at her. And she goes, the king's going to need a new mistress. Don't you love the king? She goes, yeah, he's the king. I love him with all my heart. I look forward to meeting him. And they kind of catch the idea that the doctor's watching. Uh, she goes, everybody knows your ambitions. Uh, and Renette goes, everybody in Paris shares them. They say, what about the U-Tree Ball? Uh, then we're back at the ship. Rose and Mickey are being watched by something. Then they're looking through a mirror as they go, is this like a normal two-way mirror? But it goes to France. Uh, and they go, look at this guy or something, Poe. Look at the guy who Poe. Look at the guy who's Doe. And they say, it's a, oh, it's the king of France. Uh, and they go, what is this, a time window? He goes, yeah, it's a time window. And the doctor goes, oh, by the way, I'm hanging with a horse. Uh, so that's pretty sweet. Uh, they go, well, what is this time window for? Why is there a horse on a spaceship? Uh, and the doctor gives a little perspective. He goes, all over the ship, there's, uh, like, windows and doorways into uh, 17, 16th, 17th, 18th century France. Uh, we see Renat meet up with the king. He goes, all along the timeline of this one woman, uh, why? And I like this, how the doctor doesn't know. He goes, uh, Jean-Antoinette Poisson, uh, known as Renette, uh, one of the most accomplished women who ever w- lived, uh, hubba hubba, and Rose goes, hubba hubba what? Uh, what's she up to? And she goes, uh, he goes, uh, well, mistress of the king, and Rose and Mickey have a laugh about Camilla at that. Uh, and the doctor says, I think it, it, this is the night they met. You tree ball, yep, uh. And uh, he goes, if time is flat, uh, then she'll follow along her timeline, become his official mistress, uh, rooms at the palace, Madame de Pompadour. Uh, Renette looks in the mirror. Rose goes, the queen must have loved her. He goes, well, they kind of did get along. He goes, it's France. You know, it's a little different over there. Uh, Renette kind of... uh, see somebody standing there. It's another robot. Uh, and a doctor rolls in, uh, says, Hey, Renette. Uh, she goes, Hey, fireplace man. And the doctor grabs the uh, awkward ro- robot, freezes it. Uh, uh, Mickey, uh, Mickey and Rose along on this. Let me see. Time window. Close up. Doctor goes in action mode. She checks herself, uh, close-up doctor, action mode, answer all questions. Oh, so the doctor says, make it listen to you. And they said, ask it questions. And it says, yeah, I'm uh, number seven. And the doctor goes, what's up with the ship? Yeah, we lost 82% of systems, an ion storm. What are you sitting around? We're short on parts. Uh, Mickey says, typical, always the parts. The uh, doctor goes, where's the crew? They go, we don't got any parts. Uh and then Dr. Godak goes, okay, I get that now. And uh, they they say, uh, okay, well, you're repairing the ship any way you can. Uh, he goes, what else are you doing? Uh, why are you opening all these time windows? You were using a lot of energy to do that. Uh, why didn't you just go home? And they go, we can't leave till we have one more part. The actor goes, well, why haven't you taken it? He goes, it's not complete yet. And he goes, okay, you're just scan- You're trying to take Renette's uh, operating system. Why her? 
And the droid goes, we're the same. And Renette goes, we're not the same. We are in no sense the same. The droid goes, we're, we're in the same. We are the same. And uh, Renette goes, get out of here. And then the droid teleports away. And they go, let's go back to the ship and find it. Uh, Rose and Mickey do. Uh, and uh, take the horse, Arthur. I named the horse Arthur. It was a good big laugh from Mickey also. Uh, let's see. Get out. Uh, trust me. Okay. Oh, then the doctor does a little mind meld with Renette. Uh, he goes, you got to trust me. I got to look inside your mind. And she's fireplace man. You're in my mind. And then Mickey's trying to stir up trouble with Rose. She says, Madam de Pompadour, Cleopatra, Sarah Jane Smith, uh, this doctor, uh, so he titles, he says he's called Cleopatra Cleo. Then they get caught by some some clockwork robots. Say, let's go down and have a meeting, play some chess. Uh, first, take a nap. Uh, meanwhile, the doctor's like euphoric while scanning Renette's brain. So I said, is this like, this was like, it must be the metaphor part, like with the dancing. And then she gets inside the doctor's head. She goes, oh, it must be lonely in there, doctor. And uh, the doctor's in here, no, you're not lonely. And she goes, you lonely little boy. Lonelier then and lonelier now. And doctor says, how'd you do that? She goes, once you open a door, it goes either way. And then she says, dance with me. And uh, she goes, he goes, are you supposed to dance with the king tonight? She goes, yeah, well, uh, she goes, well, first we'll dance with you. Uh, uh, then uh, they, Mickey and Rose wake up in a clockwork masquerade. Mickey does not like it. They say, you're kind of compatible. And Rose goes, us two? No. And then she tries to talk her way out. Uh, then the doctor reappears. He's singing. Well, first you hear him singing. And then he rolls in. He's in. He's like kind of wasted. He's got a headband, a tie for a headband, uh, sunglasses. He's bragging about inventing drinks. You know, he's he's been dancing. Uh, and I think he said, uh, "Oh, the oncoming storm." Uh, and the doctor says, "Oh, you sound just like uh, your mom." Let's see. She gets a Concord masquerade. Oh, the doctor says he invented the uh, uh, doctor. The doctor says he invented the banana daiquiri. He thinks. Uh, uh, oh, he calls one of them. You're Mister Thickety 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 Thick Thick Face from Thick Town Thickania. Uh, says that to somebody. He talks about a millimeter command circuit, pours wine, but it was multi-grade anti-oil, really. It was a whole fake out. Shuts down the Zeus plugs, uh, the, the, I think. Uh, he says, I don't know why they need the Madame de Pompadour's uh, operating system. Uh, and she goes, come on, let's get moving. We got to sh- shut the ship down. He goes, oh, that's what they use the Zeus plugs for, for. And Rose goes, why didn't they just go there when she was 37? And the doctor goes, I don't know. I think they're doing trial and error. But they can't close the uh, windows. Uh, then a bell rings. She is complete. Uh, it begins. Uh, 
And then we see all the uh, clockwork troops heading out uh, for a big dance. We see Renette at the window. And Rose sneaks in. It's, I think, five years later. Her 37th birthday, maybe. Or in five years, when she turns to 37. Uh, she goes, it's going to be wild. and the, But don't worry, the doctor will be there. Uh, and I can't explain. And Renette goes, I'll be ready. You just explain it to me now. She goes, no, no, no. Uh, I haven't got five minutes. Uh, and she goes, uh, we're on this ship. It's got windows into your life. It's complicated. And she goes, so you guys get to jump around, but I, weary traveler, must always take the slower path. And Rose goes, you're really sharp. Uh, and Renee goes, what are we going to do? And Rose goes, just keep the uh, uh, robots talking. Uh, she goes, they'll, pro- they'll respond to you. You might not be able to stop them, but you can delay them until the doctor arrives. And Ren- Renette goes, he's coming. And Rose goes, yeah. And he's there when you need him. That's the way it's got to be. And she goes, yeah, you can't have the doctor without the rest of the Doctor Who parts. Uh, you know, the uh, whirring and the tardising. Rose goes, yep. Uh, she goes, none of this was supposed to happen, but... Uh, and Renette goes, well, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, he's an angel. I'd tolerate anything. Then Mickey calls after Rose. Uh, he comes through a tapestry. And then Renette sees in the ship. Uh, she goes, is that my future? Uh, she sees in there. She goes, I'll take the slow path. Then Rose tries to help. And then she says, you know, the doctor's worth all this. Uh then we see the crazy masquerade uh, hide-and-seek party from the beginning of the episode. Everybody's running around. Renette's at the fireplace to call him for the doctor. The clockwork ro- robots have, like, this uh, synthesized voice thing going. And uh, then let's see what happens next. Uh, proximity to the time portal. Oh, they have to take uh, Renette. They get, get Louie and Renette, and they say, hey, we caught you hide-and-seek. Uh, uh, they take uh, through dates, uh, trying to find an idea. All uh, all time agrees. Uh, what does that mean? Uh, they escort them. Uh, Rose goes, how did they get in there? The doctor goes, they teleported. And Rose goes, can we take the TARDIS? He goes, no, we're stuck in this. Uh, he goes, uh, we need a truck. And they go, we don't have a truck. And then Rose goes, we got to do something. And Dad goes, well, if I jump into that world, I don't know if I can get back. Uh, and then Rose gives, or uh, Renette gives a speech. She goes, kindly remember it to the robots. She says, kindly remember this is uh, Versailles, the royal courts. No one making noises. No bossing me around. Decision is no. I'm not going anywhere with any of you. Not going to your world. Not going to the ship. And they say, well, we, you know, we're clockwork robots. She goes, yeah, I don't care. Uh, you're just from my childhood. Uh, and uh, then she goes, you know, she knows the doctor's going to be. Then we hear a horse and we hear hooves. And then with a doctor and a horse jump through the mirror. Doctor says, Madame de Pompadour, you look younger every day. There's hero music. Uh, through the mirror, wow, hero in a suit, uh, King of France gets a what's up. Uh, I think the doctor says, I'm here to fix a clock. Uh, 
then there's a brick wall where the doctor went through. Okay, so then Rose is stumped. Uh, Mickey's like uh, asking a lot of questions. How are they going to get? How's the doctor going to get back? Uh, Rose senses that the doctor's not coming back. Uh, uh, Link with the ship's gone, and doctor goes, "How many ticks in a clockwork in that clockwork heart?" And I said, "That is a song title, or something." Holy moly! Uh, the doctor that loved the clockwork being. Takes Renette by the hand. Mickey's wary or weary or something. Rose is thinking. She looks at the stars. Uh, the doctor, wine and rackly, looks to the stars. Oh, the doctor with wine and Renette. Oh, boy. He's already, uh, he looks to the stars. Mickey's also worried because, of course, the tar- they can't run the TARDIS. Uh, Renette goes, hey, you know all the stars, don't you? Every star. And the doctor goes, well, just not the names. He goes, those are just titles. They don't tell you everything. She goes, just like you. And he goes, just like you. And she goes, I'd love to see a star as close as you have. Uh, and the doctor goes, well, uh, she goes, but you're stuck here. Uh, did you know that would happen? He goes, oh, yeah, pretty much. And she goes, but you still came here for me. He goes, yep. Uh, and she goes, uh, but aren't there a lot? Can't you use another door? He goes, eh, I don't think so. Uh, he goes, I think breaking the glass on the uh, mirror probably. He goes, I'll clean that up. Uh, I'll pay for that. He goes, oh, money, money. And then she goes, here's my lonely angel stuck on the slow path with me. The doctor goes, yeah, he goes, uh, slow, here's the slow path. Uh, and uh, she goes, uh, it's a pity. I think I would have enjoyed the slow path. I think that was, uh, this is a foreshadowing. And the doctor goes, what do you mean? And he goes, I'm not going anywhere. She goes, oh, aren't you? And it's her bedroom, which she had moved, uh, she says. Uh, my whole bedroom moved, fireplace and everything from my childhood here. And this was a bit titillating because she leads him by the hand to a bedroom, like a bed's covered in rose petals uh, or flower petals. Uh, but then she's like, don't you think this will still work? Uh, and the doctor goes, wish me luck. And he goes, then I'll come back and you pick a star and we'll go to the star together. Be a little, you know, we'll figure it out, me, you and Rose and Mickey. Uh, but, uh, you know, just one trip probably. He goes, if I'm lucky, very, very lucky. And the doctor plays around. He goes, "Oh, it's working. I'll be back in a, uh, I'll be back in a something, a jiffy." Uh, gets back, pick a star. Uh, something is all happy. Uh, oh, the doctor gets back. He's all happy. Rose is on her tiptoes, uh, kind of torn, you know. Obviously, the doctor just goes goes back for Renette. Uh, and the king of Paris is there. He goes, oh, she went back to Paris, uh, or the king of France, or France. Uh, he goes, she left a note. He goes, by the way, when I say Paris, I mean big far, the big Paris in the sky. Because uh, he was like five out, you know, five years too late. Uh, and uh, oh, when the doctor goes back, he goes, how long did you wait? Rose goes, five and a half hours. He goes, perfect. And he says, okay, well, uh, yeah, she was 43. He goes, here's the letter. Doctor doesn't read the letter right away. Then they go back to the ship. It's Rose, the doctor. 
And uh, there she goes, off in the rain, only 43. Uh, puts her through a notice pocket. Uh, go on. Something, of course, uh, quite right. Uh, shrugs, of course, quite right. Awkward. Return to uh, that was awkward. Uh, so he says, uh, Rose says, why Madame de Pompadour? And this is a great ending. Doctor says, maybe we'll never know. I don't know, maybe his ship was mixed up. Uh, and Rose goes, you okay? The doctor goes, you better believe it. Uh, and Mickey goes, Rose, show me around this TARDIS. And then the doctor reads the note. It says, my dear doctor, path never seemed more slow. Yet it's nearing, nearing its end. Uh, and we're not going to meet again. But I don't. that's what reason tells me. I don't want to listen to reason. I've seen, I know all things are possible. Hurry, though, my love. My days grow shorter. Godspeed, my lonely angel. And the fireplace goes out. Uh, and then we see, as it fades out, uh, that there's a portrait of Madame de Pompadour at first. And I say, okay, that's interesting. Where's that? 1721 to 1764. And then we see that the ship is called, the the ship that started the episode is the SS Madame de Pompadour. It's still a little bit of a mystery. Is it like the ship was, na- like, they're the same because the ship was named after her? Uh, it's, it's interesting. It's still a little bit of a mystery, but it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, and the episode comes to a close. Uh, so a few things uh, came up here. Madame de Pompadour, uh, Jean Antoinette Poisson, Poisson, Poirot, Poisson, maybe a uh, uh, member of the French court, official mistress from 1745 to 1751, uh, and uh, influential on the court and the court favorite, took charge of the king's schedule, aided advisor, uh, wasn't popular politically or had, you know, political rivals. Uh, she was, you know, never alienated the queen, 13th lady in waiting to the queen, a prestigious position. She was patroness of architecture and decorative arts, including porcelain, especially porcelain, patroness of philosophies of the Enlightenment, including Voltaire. Uh, some people said she was a malevolent political influencer. But historians uh, say she was a patronage, patroness of the arts and a champion of French pride. And people said, you know, dudes were intimidated by her because she was overturning so social and gender hierarchy. Uh, since she was not an, born into the aristocracy, aristoc- you know, she's worked her way up. Uh, uh, so there's a lot more stuff about it, uh, but uh, she went to salons in Paris, uh, where she kind of met some of the philosophies, and she met the king, became part of court. Uh, so it'll be in there. So from Wikipedia, what about the girl with a pearl earring? The film and the painting. Uh, I didn't see the film, uh, but it's a 2003 romantic drama film by, by Peter Weber. Uh, as adapted to screen screenwriter uh, Olivia Hatreed. Uh, it was uh, adapted from uh, the book A Girl with a Pearl Earring. It was starring Scarlett Johansson uh, and uh, Colin Firth. Uh, and it's, just, it's about Vermeer. 
in Holland. Let's see. They didn't want to um, make it a traditional period film, uh, like something from Masterpiece Theater. They want to make something quite different from that and use distinctive lighting and color schemes uh, similar to Vermeer's paintings. Uh, it earned a worldwide gross of $31.4 million, 72, 72% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, two Golden Globes, uh, nominated for 10 British Academy Film Awards, three Academy Awards. And, uh, you know, I don't want to move, ruin the plot of the movie uh, or the book. Uh, runs 100 minutes, uh, and it's also based on the book. It looks like the painting didn't. Oh, here's a girl with a pearl earring. The painting. It's uh, by one of the Dutch ma- golden age ma- golden age painter. Uh, it's a T R O N I E. I don't know what that means. Uh, of a girl wearing a headscarf and a pearl earring. It's been in uh, the Hague since 1902. In 2006, it was selected as the most beautiful painting in the Netherlands. Uh, oh, it's a head not meant to be a portrait. It depicts a European girl in an exotic dress with a large pearl earring. Uh, it was on an oil canvas, uh, probably painted around 1665, restored in 94, 1994. Yeah, subtle color scheme and intimacy of the girls' uh, gaze towards the viewer were enhanced. Uh, they also discovered that the background probably should have been in a deep enamel like green. Uh, the effect was produced by applying a thin transparent layer of paint called a glaze over the present-day black background. Uh, however, the two organic pigments of the green glaze, indigo and weld, had faded. Yeah, so I think you can still see it in The Hague. It has been in uh, the, the, the Young. Uh, oh, went on tour, yeah, 2013 to 2014. Uh, so, yeah, and then the historic novel uh, by uh, Tracy Chevalier was, uh, came out in 1999, fictionalized the circumstances of painting's creation. Uh, then... Uh, it was made in a movie. Banksy used it in a mural in Bristol. Uh, I think, uh, where, did I read that? How someone said uh, that it probably wasn't even a uh, pearl earring. Uh, let's see. I thought I saw that somewhere, that it was maybe more of a, a tin earring. Maybe I already said that. Uh, someone said, oh, at the time, or aluminum or something like that. But uh you know, what are you going to do? So that's a little bit about the girl with the pearl, pearl earring. What about masquerade balls? Let's learn a little bit about the history of that from Wikipedia. Uh, it's, you know, a costume ball. Uh, uh, compare the word uh, formal written and sung court pa- pa- pageant is what mask means. Uh, less formal costume parties are a descendant of this tradition. Uh Usually encompasses music and dancing, nighttime events used for entertainment and celebrations. Uh, in the 15th century, there are a feature of carnival season, uh, then involved increasingly in elaborate allegorical royal entries, pageants, and triumphal, triumphal processions. Uh, 
Looking to listen to the ball day our dance, the burning men's ball was held by Charles VI of France uh, and a uh, costume ball. These ones are all in the 1300s. Uh, uh, they were extending the costume public festivities in Italy in the 16th century Renaissance. Uh, Elaborate dances, traditionally elaborate dances for the upper class, even in Venice, uh, the Venetian Carnival associated with that, and then the end of the Venetian Republic in the 18th century uh, declined, but it became popular. Oh, it's already popular in Europe, uh, Sweden. Uh, so a lot of stuff uh, interesting right around this time, right when it was uh, – there was a revival of masquerade balls in the 1990s in North America. Party atmosphere uh, with formal dancing being less prominent. Uh, and obviously still have like uh, different ways, you know, we celebrate with that kind of dress. Now, Rose had a, a shirt from Wichita Falls. And I found this from Wichita. I said, I get a look at the shirt. And then, uh, Believe it or not, one of the radio stations uh, already had something about it, so I wasn't the only one that took a notice. Uh, this is from 92.9 NIN uh, by Tony Kearns uh, from February, May 6, 2014. Uh, well, you know, some people, Wichita Falls is unknown, but it's represented in movies and television including 1971's Last Picture Show uh, set in the 50s it's about a semi-autographical book about Larry McMurtry, who wrote Lonesome Dove, Brokeback Mountain. The film lists things, parts of the movie were filmed in Wichita Falls. And that was up for eight Academy Awards, including Cloris Leachman for Best Supporting Actress, uh, the W.A.R. at Home, that was a Emilio Estevez movie from 1996. Uh, uh, Martin Sheen, Kathy Bates, uh, Tense Thanksgiving. It was only made on a $3 million budget. Uh, the Real Gilligan's Island. Uh, well, bowling, let's see. Uh, BFS, uh, Bowling for Soup, uh, provided... Uh, a rendition is classic Gilligan Islands for the short-lived uh, TBS reality series, The Real Gilligan's Island, kind of like Survivor, but the contestants were dressed uh, like Gilligan's. And uh, maybe it's just Bowling for Soup did a video about it. Uh, Pillow Talk, uh, Doris Day and Rock Hudson, uh, that was, uh, they'll never believe this back in Wichita Falls, is what Rock Hudson says. Yeah, King of the Hill, in the 90s, uh, Wichita Falls was a training camp for Dallas Cowboys. Hank Hill was not happy about that. Uh, so he takes his son Bobby on a trip to Wichita Falls to see the Cowboys training uh, to try to move, get them to move to uh, where a family got, King of the Hill is, uh, Arlen, Texas. Uh, let's see, a couple, um, Adventures of Superman Season 1, there was a scene there. Uh, James uh, Bond uh, movie, 
licensed to Big Farm from 1989. Uh, James Bond, uh, uh, his buddy Felix Leiter gets married. Uh, they're looking for him. Originally, she says they came all the way from Wichita Falls when they're playing undercover. And then we have Rose's shirt, Wichita Falls Tigers, Doctor Who. And uh, uh, there was a, tra- was a friend, fashion trend of England with shirt logos, a fake sports team uh, from America. So that might have been where it's from. And there's a couple more. So that's from 92.9 NIN. Yeah, about Wichita Falls. A little bit more about Wichita Falls, you say? Okay, I'll tell you a couple more things uh, uh, if this thing loads for me. Uh, it's the seat of Wichita County, Texas in the U.S., uh, population 104,553 in 2010. Uh, 35th most populous city in Texas. Beautiful. These falls look lovely. They're the restored falls of the Wichita River. Off, uh, so they look a little bit manufactured, but they look gorgeous. Uh, yeah, off of Interstate 44. And far north, let's see, with northeast Texas, it looks like. I mean, I don't know what people in Texas consider northeast Texas. Uh, so it might be north central Texas, but not on the, um, the northernmost points. And let's see, it's the geography and stuff. Uh, density, time zone, um, so humid subtropical uh, climate. Uh, you know, it gets hot, uh, and they get down to 50, 50, however, 50 to 60 nights of freezing lows do occur. Uh, in 2011, it was a, fir- it was the first Texas city to have a hundred, 100 degree, uh, days. Uh, so, uh, a little bit about Wichita Falls. It's a beautiful, Wichita Falls saying it is beautiful. What about Sunday roast? You know, Scoots, tell me about Sunday roasts in England. Well, I'll tell you right now. It's a traditional traditional British meal, typically served on Sunday. Roasted meat, roasted potatoes, Yorkshire pudding, stuffing, vegetables, and gravy. Uh, vegetables, roast parsnips, Brussels sprouts, peas, carrots, runner beans, and broccoli can be included and cooked in different styles. Sometimes you'll get a cheddar cheese sauce, also popular in Ireland, especially in Ulster, it says here on Wikipedia. It was ranked second in a list of things people love about Britain. Uh, and uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, and it's had a major influence on uh, other food cultures. Yeah, it was often eaten, eaten after church on Sunday. Eating a large meal following church services is pretty common uh, in Christian countries. But Sunday roast variant meal is unique, uniquely English. Uh, on Sundays, all type of uh, meat and dairy are allowed to be eaten. Uh, unlike on Fridays, when uh, many Roman Catholics and Anglicans abstain from eating meat and eat fish instead. And likewise, traditional for Anglicans and English Catholics to fast before Sunday services and break the fast afterwards. So, uh, yeah, it's a little, I mean, I don't think I'm going to have it, uh, like, uh, roasted. Uh, i got to figure out how to make Yorkshire pudding. Uh, but I could definitely roast some potatoes and some meat. I, I think I have that ability.
You know, something about, oh, fireplace mantle took a spot on this episode. Then I decided, you know, let's Google mantle and see what comes up. Uh, this is from Thought, thoughtco.com. Six fascinating facts about the Earth's mantle by Andrew Alden from 2018, March 16th. Uh, it's the uh, layer of a hot, solid rock between Earth's crust and uh, its iron molten core. Makes up the bulk of Earth. And Scooch, you didn't even know this? It's the mantle, buddy. Two-thirds of our mass on our planet, uh, 30 kilometers down to 20 and 2,900 kilometers thick. It uh, uh, has uh, the same recipe elements as the sun and other planets, other than uh, hydrogen and helium. Uh, it's a mantle's a mix of magnesium, silicon, iron, and oxygen that roughly matches the composition of garnet. Uh, the top part of the mantle slowly stirred by plate motions uh, with subduction and upward motion with tectonic separation. Uh, some geochemists think of the upper mantle as a rocky version of a marble cake. Uh, you know, there's plate tectonics, hot spots. Uh, you can explore the man- mantle. Uh, with a seismograph, uh, you can model it in the labs, uh, looking at rocks and uh, how they change under pressure. Uh, mantle has layers, and uh, they each have their own internal boundaries. Uh, this has come over a century of research. Uh, uh, the base of the crust, or the moho, it goes down to 660, then the transition zone, and that's when physical changes start, then the lower mantle. Uh, seismic waves at the lower mantle are affected so strongly that uh, people say that rocks might even be different in their chemistry, not just in their crystallography. Uh, this, uh, the controver- this controversial layer at the bottom of the mantle, about 200 kilometers thick, is an odd name, D double prime. Uh, yeah, it, it uh, so that's a little bit about the mantle. Yeah, you could read more on uh, ThoughtCo. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, well, you know, it snowed in Paris. Uh, I mean, it snows. Uh, you know, have you seen the snow in Paris? Have you heard me sing that song? Because I haven't written it yet. But uh, there's a big snowfall this year in Paris. There's a bunch of articles. It's in February. A lot of great pictures up. Uh, you know, Parisians might have been happy. But the city, photos from the City of Lights uh, from early February of this 2018... I think is that what year it is. Uh, six inches of snow fell uh, late on a Tuesday, and they covered Notre Dame, Eiffel Tower, and a pristine layer of white. Uh, largest snow accumulation since 1987. You know, brought traffic to a halt. You know, drivers were supposed to stay at home, and uh, they felt like the city wasn't really prepared, and it was slow. Uh, but uh, they also got more than you know. It was uh, one to, more than one to two inches, so you couldn't really salt the roads. They said they'd learn from it, uh, but really, the world was sharing the pictures, which are really so beautiful. A couple more things. Here's your SAT word for the week: uh, resonance, uh, uh, which uh, is R E S O N A N C E, a phenomenon in which a vibrating system or external force drives another system to oscillate with greater amplitude at specific frequencies. Uh, this is resonance in uh, uh, physics. Uh, 
may look up, uh, if I can just look up uh, the definition of the word. I probably can't, because uh, uh, it's a tendency of a physical, uh, I think that's what we're, oh, here we go, let's look it up in the dictionary. Uh, can you use resonance in a word? Yes, resonance is slow and scoots down here. Okay, resonance uh, comes from uh, Old French resonance, uh, Latin resonance, res, resonatia, and uh, resono. Uh, quality being resonant, uh, a resonant sound or echo re- re- reverberation produced by blowing over a top of a bottle. A uh, sound pronounced by a hollow, uh, uh, like uh, a space, uh, something that promotes an association or strong emotion. Increase of amplitude, as we said. Increase in strength or duration of a musical tone produced by a sympathetic vibration. We know about that here on this podcast. Uh, and I wanted to resonate with you. Welcome to a, a nice, uh, calm, safe place. What about steampunk? I wouldn't have associated steampunk with clockwork things, but I think they are both associated uh, because steampunk is more of an, uh, uh, just for some people, an aesthetic uh, than actual has to use steam instead of winding. But I probably, if I had more time, I could, do, you know, because neo Victorian, oh no, steampunk and neo Victorian are different. Uh, Oh, the neo-Victorian movement does not exploit technology and embraces just the positive aspects of Victorian areas, culture, and philosophy. Uh, but it's like a kind of retro future. Wells and Verne wrote in it, uh, and uh, it's thought about this clockwork stuff. I guess I didn't have enough time to research more clockwork stuff, because I think it's cool uh, that these were clockwork beings, uh, Another thing that came up was parasols, and I found in uh, New York Magazine, nymag.com, a great article from June 5th of this year, 2018, by Allison Freer. I pretty much live under one of uh, my dozen of parasols this summer. And he said, hey, the sun's a real deal, so get out of the sun. And these are some of the ones that Allison recommends. Uh, This one's a deal, a quasi-moon 20-inch white paper parasol umbrella. Around seven, six, seven bucks. Uh, Allison says hey, I would keep a ton of these. Uh, they're really portable. Uh, you know, you, if it gets ruined and they don't look, uh, and because it doesn't call a lot of attention to itself. Uh, so that's a high recommend. Uh, then there's a Kung Fu Smith parasol around 20 to 30 bucks. That's uh, a pagoda shaped, a pointy one, uh, striking in a uh, black and white color scheme. Uh, there's also a cotton, uh, lace parasol that looks like it's like, uh, 20 to $30. You know, you add a little style to the hats. Uh, there's the Lily Lark Zebra UV protection sun parasol. Now that one is, uh, on the higher end. We're talking, uh, couple Hondo, uh, handmade fabric parasol. So by Lily Lark wearable art, uh, UPF uh, 50 plus coating, and uh, it's uh, got bamboo frame, hand carved by lo- local artisans. Uh, so uh, there, I mean, we get the Tesla parasols. Uh, yeah, this is the uh, Kilo Fly anti-UV embroidered sun protection folding parasol. That's in the twenty to thirty dollar range. Uh, 
this one uh, also works. It looks like as a rain. Uh, so uh, that, that one's pretty cool. I, I, I'd say, do I need another umbrella? I would go with that. So there's uh, some parasols. What was the Zeus plugs? I did have to look that up, of course, really quick. Uh, just ends up, let's see what it says. It was just like one or two. This is at the TARDIS wicca. And I think I uh, might not work. It's just uh, something used to, to repair. Uh, here it goes. Uh, TARDIS.wicked.com. Uh, Zeus plugs are used in the maintenance of TARDI or TARDISES. Uh, a doctor decided he didn't need the plugs to repair uh, his TARDIS's thermocouplings. Uh, that was in one of the TV show episodes. And then... Uh, the tenth actor used them to close the time windows on the pompadour. Uh, what about the Palace of Versailles? As uh, Madam says, uh, this is Versailles. Get your act together. Uh, I haven't been to France, so I'd like to go. It's the principal royal residence uh, from under uh, Louis the Fourteenth, uh, 1682, uh, till 1789. And uh, it's uh, 12 miles, uh, 20 kilos uh, southwest of the center of Paris. Uh, it's now, uh, you know, it's a very historic site. Uh, it's a ceremonial hall of mirrors, uh, royal opera, royal apartments, royal residences. Uh, a lot of cool things. A hamlet created for uh, Marie Antoinette, a garden of Versailles. Uh it, you know, lost a lot of its furniture during the revolution. In 2017, 7.7 .7 million people visited it. It's the second most uh, uh, visited monument uh, behind the Louvre and just ahead of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, it expanded over time uh, from, uh, like, over the years, they kept expanding it. Uh, Louis Thirteenth purchased a hunting lodge there or built one. Uh, then Louis the Fourteenth uh, visited the chateau on a trip. Uh, said, hey, "I like this. I like this joint or something." So uh, sounds like a place I'd love to visit. Uh, you get out there. I love those gardens. Uh, if the weather's right and my mood's right, which is a rarity. Uh, well, let's close on speech synthesis. I just want to look a little bit because anybody's born in the eighties and was familiar with like when stuff talks like robots. Uh, which is a speech synthesizer, either by software or hardware. And now we have more like text-to-speech systems that can convert uh, language text into speech or uh, symbolic linguistic representations like uh, phonetic, phonetic transcriptions into speech. It can be created by uh, concatenating pieces, pieces of recording speech uh, from a database. Uh uh, systems that store phones and di di dip phones uh, have the largest output ra range but lack clarity. Uh, so it's just interesting, like these early ones, which talk like the clockwork figures in this movie. Uh, but even before uh, electric uh, electronic signal processing, people tried to build machines to emulate human speech. Uh, uh, it was like as early as 1000 AD. Yeah, Roger Bacon even tried in the 1200s. So a little bit about the acoustical. There's even more about these acoustical uh, mechanical speech machines. Uh, 
which I guess these beings would have been on this show. Uh, yeah, so check it out, and uh, that's it. Uh, get comfy and good night.